Hashtag Verse TV Week 148. Five ways to be a dangerous human being. And way number one, workout. Because you can automatically look sexier than 80% of the population by hitting the gym and eating clean. Uh huh. Mean it. And do what you said you were going to do. Accomplish your goals. People pay attention. Yes, they do. Don't, and number three, don't give an F. Asterisk CK. Asterisks, asterisk CK. All right. When you don't care or react to BS, people get scared. And they realize you have, they have no control over your emotions. And the last one is, nope, number four, create solutions. Too many people complain. Create solutions, a monetizable solution. Sell it, laugh in, their, laugh in the faces of the complainers. And number five, control your actions and reactions. Some ish you can't control, but you can always control how you react to it and conquer these five trades and blah, blah, blah. All right. So for me, the workout one definitely inspires me, especially with the whole MS thing. And I, I, I see positive results now and in the future. You know, I'm, I'm thinking positively and looking positively. And working out really does make a positive difference. And I am reaching and maintaining. And yes, that, that's right. I, I did say my gorgeous, beautiful African chocolate man is in my future. So that that's why I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it also thinking of finding and manifesting him wherever he is. And uh, say yes. So I say yes, yeah. Um, oh yeah, do what I say. Yes, y yeah, I, I, I mean it. I, I do what I say. And not giving an F. So for me, I missed so many wonderful possible connections with people, so many possible amazing boyfriends turned husbands and all of that because I was giving an F huh, about what other people thought about me being a homosexual man. And I am going back to Kevin, your god brother. I love the fact that Gen Z, and he's not quite Gen Z, but he's close. I love the fact that Gen Z people are more free. And I'm also glad that as a 1983 baby, I had more freedom than the previous people. So that that's a good thing, you know? And as far as solutions, I try to create solutions. Even when I don't know, I ask, for example, on Verse TV, some of these questions that I uh pose, I, I don't know an answer to, but I ask it to see how other people think. Last part, control your reactions. Oh, yes. Uh, 
that that is that is the quintessence of diva. And I, I, I remember Whitney Houston when she spoke with the woman who was like, do you always do X, Y, Z? And Whitney Houston was like, no, not always, sometimes. And, and the woman was like, always? And Whitney said, no, sometimes. That means sometimes. And I, 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 I love it. I, I, I love it. She kept her cool. Anyway, I, I'm done. Uh, Chrissy Murray. All right. So, yeah, I just actually posted, made that uh, a post today. Um, <laughs> that topic. Um, well, this there was a second time that I made it. I post because I posted it a few days ago. It just really um, definitely is in alignment with who I am. It resonates with me. Um, I consider myself an athlete. Um, I, I think I've uh, I've been an athlete for a long time. Um, and uh, I'm definitely definitely health conscious when it comes to to eating. Um, but I do I do give in to. Um, things I probably shouldn't have sometimes. Um, but it is important when you feel, when you eat better and you treat your body better, you feel better. You, um, your confidence isn't something that you even question. Um, your your self-worth, any of that, it's not something that you have to explain to anyone or apologize about or, you know, it's, it's just there because you're walking in your truth because you're, you're feeling your best. So um, then doing what you say you're, you're going to do, actually accomplish goals that you set for yourself. That is uh, definitely a, a huge part of um, self-love and, uh, and having confidence. Um, that's uh sometimes easier said than done you can have a you can have a goal in mind but you can have a, a lot of obstacles or whatever uh, that's why the, the fifth one always stands out for me uh, the the finding solutions part um but to get there you you can't let let the outside stuff bother you so much like you know the way other people treat you or try to treat you because people would try it <laughs> they try um so not uh not uh giving a damn when you don't care about what other people think or what other people have to say about who you are because um that's none of their business anyway um uh, it is it, it can be an intimidating thing or something for them to be scared of because they're not confident enough to be who they are without trying to throw shade somewhere else or be a hater. So um, that's a definitely important to not um, uh, give your give someone power over your emotions and your thoughts. You know, because if, if if you know what you ha you want and what you have to do to get there or to get it then what someone else has to say or what someone else tries to do ultimately is none of your business and has nothing to do with you. 
Um, What's number four? Uh, create um, solutions. Yeah, you spoke to that, but the last one was. Oh yeah, that's the last one. Uh, the, the oh yeah, number four. Uh, create solutions. Oh yeah, and not and not complain. Like if you if you complain about something, a problem, you've already you you've spoken the problem out loud without speaking the solution into existence. That's really important to do. You know, you, you have a problem. Uh, and instead of using your energy to focus on the problem, you're, you, that's like a waste. I mean, okay, I recognize there's a problem here. Now, what are, what are some possible solutions? And what solution is going to make, you know, you know, make some money or uh, help someone or, you know, uh, create some type of goodness that's going to, you know, help me or someone else. And then uh, sell it, laugh in the faces of complainers. Okay, that's it. Okay, that's it. I, I didn't get to finish the last one, but maybe... Um. Yeah, actually, go ahead and finish. Yeah, just like I was saying, um, you you can't always control things that happen outside of you or circumstances outside of you, but you can control the way that you react to them. Um, instead of, you know, getting getting or letting anger take over or disappointment or sadness take over, shift your focus. You know, calm down breathe and know that everything is going to be all right. You know, like Bob Marley said, cause it's facts. All right. now That's my answer. Chris, Sean. Um, when, when I, when I saw this post, first of when I saw it, I'm like, make you a dangerous human being. What? There's a lot of things that can make people dangerous, but then actually looking at the post, um, I got it. And work when in terms of working out, when it comes to like thinking you wanted to want to be would want to look sexy or want to look better than other people, I think working out shit is, is much more than that. I'm on my health journey and fitness journey. And it is it actually it just actually started off because I gained a lot of weight and I, not a lot of weight, but I gained some weight, and it was harder for me to lose the weight um, than previous um, years. And it's because of basically it was just genetics that I maintained a certain weight and I could eat anything. And I am a foodie, and I do not have discipline and bake goods. I'm not a candy person, but cupcakes and cakes and pies, they're, they're like my holy grail. So they, it was harder to get rid of those. So in terms of health, I, I stress people, be healthy, work out, because it just makes you a better person. It makes you a stronger person, person mentally and physically. Um, and I say this because at the beginning of my fitness journey, it's at, I used to go to the subway station and it was these steps. Uh, these steps, are, when I say it's, 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 it's a mountain climb, 
it's a mountain climb. And I would say six months into a six months to a year into my fitness journey, I wasn't huffing and puffing like I was. Uh, my endurance was greater. Um, and I used to envy like the the younger kids, like you have kids like 11, 12, they will run up and down these steps. And I was so out of breath, but now I, I'm able to, to walk in better and, and even run, run up the steps. So working out for endurance, especially as black people, we have to work out, we have to eat healthy, we have to to just make those healthier choices and, and do things in moderation. Still eat those cupcakes, but in moderation. Um, go to the, the second one. Um, when it comes to this, I wholeheartedly resonate, okay, resonate with that. Um, that is something that it's unfortunate, but something that just is just with human beings. When you accomplish things, when you set goals, when you finish projects, people do look at you, people do pay attention to you. So if you have things in your life that you want people to see you as, those things are necessary. Um, and I want to speak on number four. Creating solutions. Chrissy, you spoke on um, a very good point. Once you speak to a problem in existence, you should automatically let yourself know the solution or come close to the solution as you possibly can in order to resolve that problem. Because people always face things and say speak of problems, but that's it. So that's what I want to say. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I had to mute myself because some of my uh, very, very powerfully talkative neighbors were walking and screaming up the hallway. Anyway, Kevin. Okay. Um, in all honesty, I do not have the questions right in front of me. So I really don't know what they are. The next topic is coming from our Ace Metaphor cards. And Ooh, the ace metaphor cards. First card is, do you think size matters? Why and <laughs> why not? Why or why not? And it's the same thing. We'll give it those three seconds. Oh, right. So I actually started <clears throat> five. I was like, somebody's got to go first, but I, I, I'll go first. So... My response, I said, no, but maybe, and that's kind of the Gemini in me right, right there. And <laughs> my first answer will be more of a 
PG rated uh, discussion. And I will say as far as the height of my partner, I'm 6'2", and I've loved taller dudes. I've loved shorter dudes. I've loved thicker dudes. I've loved thinner dudes. You know, it, it's, I'm attracted to dude. But yes, so for me, it, it's not all about size. And I remember just this morning, actually, I spoke with an Uber driver who told me that because I was talking to her, uh, Chrissy Marie, about what you were saying in a previous week or something, as far as, yeah, you know, the height of the partner doesn't matter that much. And I told the Uber driver that, yeah, but sometimes people really struggle with that because my Uber driver is heterosexual female. And I was like, yeah, because sometimes um, the guys wrote in their profile, a woman will never love me because I'm only 5'2", and stuff like that. And the Uber driver said, mm, no, it's, it's not about that height. It's not about the height. It's about how I connect with him. And if we have a good connection, then fine. And she said, I've even dated a dude who is shorter than me. And we got along just fine because we got along so well and had such similarities and interests that I didn't care that he was shorter than me. Anyway, so <laughs> going to the uh, does size matter in relation to a hookup, <laughs> I went on a hookup with a dude who was on his pro... I. I almost never have real world hookups anymore, but, you know, the last time I, I had one was probably like over a year at this point or just about a year at this point. And the time that I'm referencing was over a year ago. And in his profile, he said that he was only eight or nine inches only and when I got there, he rolled it out and it was, it was actually like 12 to 13 inches. And I was like, I, I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so big. Like what? And it's so interesting because he was so unassuming, if you will, and so intelligent and you know, well-spoken, educated, like you would never expect it from him. You know, like he's a chef, he owns a restaurant, all of that, but he's also packing a lot. And some people, like I was speaking with one of my friends after, and he was like, oh, I would, I would throw down on that. I'm like, okay, cool. Anyway, but I also enjoyed my five inch being Mary Jane. So that's the, uh, the not gross, but the uh, explicit part of my answer. Anyway, next. Ooh, honey. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Uh <laughs> All of that. <laughs> yes. I, well, I'm 5'11", 180, solid. 
Right now. So, um, I'm not a superficial woman, though. You know, I, I don't mind if a man is shorter than me. I still rock my stilettos if I want to. Okay? I don't <laughs> care about that. But the other part... <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be able to handle me now. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> All right, Kevin. All right. Um. Well, as far as height, I'm sure anyway. So. Practically everyone is taller. Um, so, yeah, actually, I really wouldn't care as much if he was shorter, not extremely <laughs> shorter, but somewhat shorter. I could deal with that. And being taller is, for me, is almost a given. I'm only 5'5". Five, five. All right. And Krishan? Well, height doesn't necessarily matter to me. And it, like with myself, it, it's a given because I'm only five feet. So everybody, mostly everybody I come in contact with is tall as me. So, and I think, and I'm attracted to short guys too. So I don't, I don't care. I don't care when it comes to size in that aspect. Um, and I have dated bigger guys. Um, so it doesn't matter. But when it comes to size, I'm like Goldilocks. Two. Small is too small, and there's a such thing as too big. So I want just right. True story. Facts. Yeah. And that's so true. Just so, right is enough. Yeah. <laughs> just right. I concur. <laughs> but he was so sweet and unassuming, like, like you would never think that he would be anyway okay, okay. yes but yeah it, it, okay cool all right anybody else anything or are we moving on last question as a child is this how you imagined your life would be and if not, is it better or worse? Explain. Mm. Okay. Okay, as a child, and I'll say it, well, obviously, a younger child, we'll say somewhere between the ages of five and eight, would I had imagined my life to be like this? No, not at all. Um, what I had imagined that 
I would be gay. Absolutely not. Um, I just deal with it and move on. All right now. <laughs> and okay, I'll go next. So for me, when I was a young kid, I always used to say, well, Aaron, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a lawyer or I want to be a doctor, you know, like kind of typical kid stuff. And it always seemed to please. So it'd be like, darn right. Well, not darn right, but it'd be like, yes, Aaron, <laughs> you're going to do the right thing. You're going to, you're on the right path. Yes. And As I get a little bit older. And you just reminded me as a younger kid. Yeah, I initially said I wanted to be an astronaut. That was until I saw what happened with the shuttle challenger. I was like, never mind. I, I, I hear that. <laughs> and because that did happen in our youths. Yeah, it did. And as I got a little bit older, I fell in love with computers. Fortunately, you know, I, I got a computer at a, a young age. And I was like, oh, I, I really love computers and stuff. And, you know, our generation... Technically, being on the older end of millennial, we got sort of the best of both worlds, switching from analog to digital. And in making that switch, we were often the ones who taught our family how to use the computers and stuff because we grew up with it. And like that was just always what it was. So for me, I, I, I loved computers and I was like, okay, cool. And when I got to college, I was like, okay, I can do this. And then I sort of had to realize personally, and I'm going to use this phrase because perhaps it'll help somebody. But personally, I, I realized the difference between what I enjoy as a hobby and what I would be interested in as a career. And I switched my major to broadcast management halfway through, you know, and I, I, I love what I do. And actually what I do actually combines both the computer aspect and the broadcast management aspect, the technical aspect and the because I, I, I work for Nielsen up. I, I think I, I've said too much. I think I've said enough, although. <laughs> A million people work for Nielsen, so that's not saying much. But um, I, I, I work with the software and whatever. And as far as the money compared to what I envisioned when I was a kid, chances are I, I'm making less money than I had envisioned. But I enjoy what I do. And that... I will close in conclusion with this quote that I actually came across in high school and fell in love with. 
when looking for a career, do something that you love to do and some find someone to pay you for it. And then the money will come, it will grow. And doing something that you love. Because if you're doing something that it's like, huh, you know, you, you won't be as motivated to put in the extra work to accomplish the task because it's something that you're eh, whatever about. But if you're passionate about, you'll put in that extra work to make it happen. Okay, anyway. And um, I, I, I Kevin went first and me. Oh, right. Chrissy Marie or Krishan? Thank you. I'll go. Uh, I had a, a, a atypical childhood. So the only thing that I could imagine, uh, let me see, is how, is how you imagine my life would be. Um, yes. Um, as a child, the only thing I imagined was being safe. And um, as an adult, I, uh, I am creating my reality every day. And I get paid <laughs> for what I love to do and for things that I love to do. Um, I'm trying all kinds of different things. Um, I uh, consider myself an entrepreneur. Um, and I am, um, well, my, my main source of income uh, or main two sources of income is um, I'm a local handywoman. So I fix things, I rehab homes, uh, assemble things, um, uh, you know, just do cosmetic work on the interior and exterior of homes. Um, and I also board cats and dogs and I walk them and I babysit them or dog and cat sit uh, for people who are vacationing and need someone to care for their pet while they are away. And I love, I really love that job. That's, I just love that. Um, I didn't think I would. I actually picked it up as a side gig, uh, started walking dogs through a couple of freelance apps and, and fell in love with it. And now it's something that I do full time and can do from home. And I um, have a lot of freedom because of it, because I, I work from home. And I don't need uh, to, to clock in anywhere or uh, I don't need to be micromanaged or and I'm not. Um, I'm, I manage myself because uh, I'm my own boss. So uh, that's really great. And uh, I have a couple of other things going on as well that um, uh, I am in the process of monetizing. So um very proud of myself for staying focused and disciplined and 
confident in my abilities, confident in my skill sets. So um, right now, everything is the way that I imagine it because I am the creator of my today and my tomorrow, you know. So that's my. All right. Right on time, actually. And last, closing up our closing up with our closing for the last topic, Krishan. Um, my life is completely not the same as I envisioned it growing up. I envisioned myself in so many different ways, um, financially, um, relationship status. I remember I had a goal for myself to be married at 30 and have kids by 35. And I am over 30 and (laughs) nowhere near like wishing or wanting kids at this particular point in my life. And I am nowhere near where I want to be in terms of my career. But I am also proud of myself for pivoting and being in a a stable place. Um, I moved to New York City and stayed there for a few years. It was like maybe 2014. I'm back in Baltimore now. But that experience completely changed my life and how I look at myself and how I look at my idea of success. And how I look at the world in general. Um, that was at my lowest financial point. Um, I grew up, even though at the time I was, I had to be like 26, 27 at the time. And you would think that you would already be this grown up person, but that was when I had to deal with financial problems and I had to grow up and have responsibilities that I have never had to deal with in my life and it completely changed my life and I had an internship and I want to say this being a creator once you when you idolize certain people in your life the world tells you when you're a creator especially when you're a musician that's what I am and I want to do um it's a it you have to do it when you're young and and you can possibly age out and you have to have these expectations of having a certain amount of money and success. And when you don't reach those things, you need to grow up. But looking at in my internship, it was a music, it was um, a recording studio and also a rehearsal studio and looking at people in their fifties and their sixties and just having jam sessions and literally loving what they're doing and they and no one was Beyonce and no one was making millions of dollars and selling millions of copies but these people were happy and these people got to make a living doing what they love to do and that's where I I am in my life now I just want to be happy and I want to do the things that I love to do because for so long I was doing things that I didn't love to do so if I could pay the bills doing certain things that I love to do and it's not 
close to the dreams that I want, but it can be close enough that I can be happy and 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 safe. Like um, what Chrissy said, like you're growing up, you didn't feel safe, and now you that's all you want. Living in New York City, um, one to wanting to stay in the city at a young age and not wanting to go home, living on people's couches, it didn't feel safe at times. And that's all you want. And my idea of my success is different. So. All right. Well done. Right at time. And you have three seconds left. To, no, I'm kidding. But uh, um, I, I did want to say, uh, because you mentioned the age thing, and that plays a role in my world as well, because th there was a, the, the music in industry is interesting, and it often comes across as a young person's game, but uh, pretty exclusively. But one thing that, that I actually just discovered, do y'all know James Ingram? The singer James Ingram? Okay. What song, what was his most popular song? Um, just once. You can find a way to finally make it right. Yeah, yeah. I love that song. Yes. And the reason I, I bring him up, he, he was actually pretty uh, successful. And he actually got signed by Quincy Jones at 30. And he was discovered at 30. You know, and... I remember when I was 24 speaking with a dude in Baltimore who at the time was 21. And I, I, I think he was just effing with me, but it really got to me. And um, he was like, oh, I'm 21 years old. Oh, I'm getting too old for this business. Knowing good and well that I was 24. And I, 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 I took that and it, I was like, wow, you know, maybe I am way too old. If he's 21 and he's getting old, I must be way too old. Don't let people freaking F with you. And in, in today's world, everything is so segmented. Anybody can make anything a success. You've just got to do you and be consistent. Yeah, like what about singer, like singers like like Lou Rawls and and singers like you know Nat King Cole. I know he started off kind of young, but you know you know how do you age out of that? Patti LaBelle, Aretha Franklin, like they they were doing that for a while, you know. And, and even if they started off in their twenties, they never aged out. They they were they gained popularity and were on fire they were blaze trailblazers you know and and so i don't know everything is always you're right it's always about an image nowadays like you have to have a youthful image but 
we're people that age. We age every day. And times change. You know. But seriously, think about it. Rita Franklin, she pretty much was doing music up until the very end. Yeah. And Betty Lavelle is still doing music. You know, when it comes to entertainment industry, I don't really think that age really is a factor uh, unless you're look somebody's looking for a, a particular um, look for a role or age for a role, you know, right. you could be age and be a performing artist um, as far as like doing movies or, or, you know, plays and Broadway musicals and stuff like that. Um, and, and even like, look at the OJs. <laughs> look at, exactly. yeah, like they, like, Come on, they they're they were already like older. They weren't even like of course I, a lot of musical artists they start off as kids or they start off um their fame in, in their teens or early twenties or whatever. And they don't really the only way they fizzle out and age out is if they 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 just have one if they end up in the one hit wonder category or something. But if, if you're really passionate about your, your craft, your art, then that's not going to matter. That's not going to ever matter. What's going to matter is those that those dangerous five things. That's what's going to matter. I, I will say this. Um, from a music standpoint, unfortunately, yes, age is a factor, as far as signing a deal with a record label and building your audience. Now, people like Patti LaBelle and Aretha Franklin, yes, they're making great hits as older, older women and others, you know, making great hits in their older age. But they had established their audience from a very young age. They had built yeah, their audience they... at a very young age. But I, I will say this. This is one of the benefits of things being so segmented. And also, nowadays, because of the fact that as independent, everybody's an independent artist. And well, <laughs> everybody's able to do it now. Because while back in the day, in order to get distribution, you'd have to be with a major label in order to get your CDs in the record stores. But now everything is online. Everybody can get a major distribution deal themselves. That's why putting their own stuff on all of the major streaming platforms. You know, and if you build your own audience, and hustle and everything, like like you all are saying, going back to the, the five things that make you a dangerous person, if you build your own audience, you can make it because you don't have to get signed by a major record company to get your stuff out there. And that's substantial. Anyway. 
And just uh, touching on that, um, back to Rita Franklin, Patty LaBelle, they were from a whole different era music was. Things were very different in the past. Yeah, everything's so mainstream now. Right. They were absolutely from a different era. And the perhaps vast majority of their fan bases actually also came from that era. Right. They became fans of Patti LaBelle when she was in her 20s with LaBelle. You know, right. stuff like that. But anyway. But shoot, my mama played it when I was a kid. <laughs> I became a fan. And, you know, I was a kid. I was a child and I fell in love with music. Well, I love music anyway. But and I listen <laughs> to just about anything as long as it has a, a great sound and an a, a even greater message. Like a rose is still a rose. <laughs> I love that song. Yes, I love that song. And um, I don't know. She's uh, she's had my heart since the first time I heard her voice. And I uh, will always listen to her and always be an admirer. You know, God my favorite Aretha song is Hurts Like Hell from the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. yeah. Oh my goodness, and respect. <laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> you, you know what? Since since we're bringing up respect, I will say one of my ex boyfriends who I effed up with because you know I I I effed up a lot of good things back in the day. And it is what it is. But um, he, he is a little bit older. He was a uh, mid-70s baby. And he let me know something that I never knew. But Respect by Aretha Franklin, that was actually... Suffice it to say, it actually meant more than just respect because it was a term that meant something entirely different back then. It was one of those colloquialisms that meant something other than just <laughs> respect respect my wishes. You know, it, it meant it was deeper than that. But anyway, yes. Mm-hmm. More like honor. More like value, more like cherish. So technically, respect back in the, I think that came out in the 70s, when that came out, that was a phrase that people would say when they want sex. (laughs) So instead of it being like, I want you to F me, like people say nowadays, because everything is explicit, no um, innuendos whatsoever, everything is just... (laughs) Exactly what it is. Oh. Saying, F me, it, it <laughs> used to be respect me. 
I want you to go. So, respect yeah, you. the lyrics, because, you know, she start off as, with what you want, baby, I got it. Yes. You, yes. you know I got it. Yes. All I'm asking uh, is, when you come home, baby. A little, <laughs> pour a little respect when you get home. Pour a little respect when you get home. Respect. So, yeah. I know uh, that's right, Aretha. Yeah. And... You know, and the reason I was sort of hesitant to say that is I know Jennifer Hudson just did the movie, um, you know, respecting Aretha Franklin's wishes because Aretha Franklin did actually, when she was alive, she was like, I would like Jennifer Hudson to do my biography. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm not sure if in the movie, they actually reveal that's what that is. So I was like, I don't know about saying it, but technically back in the seventies, that's what it used to be. And if you listen to the lyrics of the song, it's Mm -hmm. obviously talking about that. Yeah. Mind blown. Uh Uh, um, Well now, oh my. TCB, you know? But, uh, oh, love it. <laughs> but you know what? It, it, it's not a bad thing. And I, I, I will say this because I, I was so hesitant, like, oh, sex is bad, sex is evil. No. <laughs> Darna, if she was talking about respect, so what? Darn right. People, people have sex. You know? <laughs> I, I, I wish I had, had a man coming home to respect me. You know, it, it is what it is, you know, but yeah. So it, it's about sex and it was in sexual innuendo. It wasn't in in your face, you know, like nowadays. I, I, I tell you, when it comes to, <laughs> to a lot of the music, huh? What do you say, Krishan? I was just laughing. Yeah, when it comes to the I'm going to play it. I'm going to put it on. I'm going to put it on right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What you want, baby, I got it. That's and right. darn right, darn right. Okay, there's nothing wrong with sex. There's nothing wrong with good, safe sex. Okay? Don't give me wrong because I will always... I grew up in the 90s, even though I was... Born in the 80s. Yes, 80s. Maybe grew up in the 90s. Loved 90s music. But that crap was so low-key sexual. Yeah, until Marvin Gaye came into play. Talk about some sexual (laughs) feeling. Well, that was the 80s, but yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Although in the 90s, Lil' Kim was extremely explicit. But the reason that that she got so popular being explicit is because she was one of the few, if not the only one, to be so extremely explicit. So it was like something new and creative. But nowadays, everybody's just ridiculously explicit to... I I don't know, establish street credibility. I I, I, I I'm not for it. But whatever people do what they want. Little Kim Foxy Burn. Uh-huh. And I, I I wasn't trying to uh 
miss on my miss foxy brown <laughs> and um but yeah you know it was more two. so Lil kim <laughs> it was more so Lil kim you know yeah, yeah she's original queen ratchet <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No shade because she did her thing, honey. Okay. <laughs> Basically. Wait, is somebody playing respect in the background? It is I. All right, I know that's right. Yeah. For the respect when you get home. Okay, when you get home. Yes. And she's thinking about her husband. Uh-huh. I, I want him to respect me. Huh? She got the legs out and everything. <laughs> what she has the what? Have her legs out and everything. Oh, uh-huh. There you have it. <laughs> the question is, which husband she hit more than one? Um, per, sure. I, I, I don't know. But um, whatever they were married, and it, it, it's what a married couple does. They get respect when they get home. Okay, <laughs> they get respect. <laughs> that is respect true. Me. So Thank let me you. ask you this: What do you think the line "Your kiss is sweeter than honey"? Well, guess what? So is my money, man. <laughs> <laughs> Put, did that mean I'm putting the money on the table for you? <laughs> that meant that you're, you're you're paying for for dinner that night, like because because as okay. husband and wife, you all take turns paying for the the meal. Okay, just trying to have some clarity. <laughs> That's what it is. This is news to me, and I'm and I'm and just taking it in and enjoying it. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was surprised when he told me that. I, I still remember where I was. Um, we were leaving the giant grocery store because Giant is, is one of the grocery stores on the East Coast. Mm. And uh, we were leaving the giant grocery store in Columbia. And he was like, you know, when Aretha Franklin sang Respect, she was talking about sex because back in the 70s, that's what people used to say when it was time for sex. But yeah. Mm. And I was like, what the heck you say? But <laughs> listening to the lyrics, yeah, that's what it is. Anyway. That's pretty clever. I'm going to use that line. Okay, yes, I want you to respect me, <laughs> husband. Uh, yeah. I want you to get down, put a ring on it, and respect me. Yes, that, that's it. That's it. I want you to put a ring on it and respect me. That's okay. Right. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, oh man. That's amazing. All right, y'all. So we are at the end of the show. And let's go ahead and close. And hey, social media family, this has been week 148 of Verse TV's The Homos Talk Show. And everyone will introduce where they can be found on social media. And I will close when we're done with that, starting with Chrissy Marie. 
Hey, everyone. Again, this is Chrissy Marie from Cleveland, Ohio. You can find me on Instagram at Chrissy Marie, uh, uh, C-H-R-I-S, capital S, capital S, capital E, or I'm sorry, capital S, capital E, capital E, capital M, A-R-I-E on Instagram and on Facebook at Christine Shields. And Kevin. Basic Complexity. Hey, everybody. This is Basic Complexity, a.k.a. Kevin. Um, you could find me on Twitter and um, Instagram. Same name, Basic Complexity. Um, at least with Twitter, there's no space all together. And Krishan. Hey, everybody. I'm Krishan. You can catch me at I am Krishan on every platform. Um, check out me. Check me out on Spotify, Title, Apple. I do have a project out. Um, yeah, and check me out on YouTube. I am now blogging. So yeah, I am Krishan. <laughs> nice. All right, and I am, before I do myself and finish, Jasmine, did you want to give your stuff? Um, good night, everybody. I'm on Instagram, Pretty Creole Girl, Facebook, Jasmine Gary Glosper, and good night. All right, good night, Jasmine. And I'm Aaron Mack. You can find me and the whole family at Hashtag V-E-R-S-T-E-A-V at Verse TV, V-E-R-S-T-E-A-V, or you can find us on the website at www.versetv.com, V-E-R-S-T-E-A-V.com. Talk to you all later. This has been week 148. Have a good night. Hashtag Verse TV. Chrissy Marie from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Aaron Mack. Kevin from Philadelphia. I'm Krishan calling in from Baltimore. Hashtag Verse TV. Hashtag First TV. Week 148.